0: i Jermaine miller Summers. I am the host of Hope of Vision Connect, and I am excited about this show today that we are bringing to you. He was the one that was making the deals happen for those artists that you know and love today. We pick up our conversation in part two with Ron Sweeney as he continues to share his story of Clarence Avon. Your encounter with him, and now the connection of building with him but most people may not know the significance of who he is. Just let us know who he who he is represented. Well,
1: who we call him, who we know him to be. In the music business, he's called the Black Godfather. I became his lawyer at the age of 25. Um, he very involved in politics. Um, I used to go to his office for a meeting and I'm thinking I'm running in there. And and in my mind, I'm trying to leave and go figure out how I'm going to pay my office rent. He would have me sitting. He would say, don't go. I'm meeting with so-and-so stay. I want you to stay in the meeting, be in the meeting. So consequently, I would go over there in the morning and it would be the evening before I left. And I've sat through meetings with some of the most powerful people in the world. Uh, I met Joe Biden in Clarence's office. Um, I met, you know, every important politician, every important minister. I mean, not in L.A., everywhere. You know, he he could pick up the phone and call Tom Bradley and he, you know, respond right away. He could call everybody. He decided to get involved with uh, um, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton became his best friend. You know, and, um, you know, you could go to the house up to his house and he would have a party because he was always doing fundraisers. So he was a mover and shaker behind the scenes. And because of uh, his background. He was known throughout the industry, you know, not by not just the black people, but all the white people who ran all these companies, who respected him and, and, and sought advice from him. And so. I got to meet all the heads of these companies because he he had a terrible, terrible habit. And that habit was instead of listening, his response, he'd go off and curse somebody out out in a minute. He didn't care who it was. So as I continued representing him, he would call me up and say, Ron, I can't believe I just said such and such to so and so. You know, call him up and clean it up for me. (laughs) So that's how I ended up meeting a lot of people, too.
0: Was there any fear? Was there any fear on your part because I'm listening and I'm thinking about this little boy from South Central LA has grown up and now you're sitting in rooms that people can only imagine they they will never gain access into. but here you are sitting in these places, rubbing shoulders with these people but getting a firsthand education.
1: So here's Did- what I here's what I learned. All the glitters ain't gold. And all those people go to the bathroom, just like we do. And notwithstanding those titles, their money and all of that, they are insecure, too. Because when they came to that room, oftentimes they were seeking Clarence advice or help. And I was sitting there and after the meeting, Clarence would look at me and ask me, so what do you think? And I don't know how many times I told him, Clarence, ain't everybody worth saving. That guy is no good. And sometimes I knew they were no good because I had dealings with them. I knew they were thieves. But somebody came, to tr- Clarence in trouble, he would help them. You know, and that's where he and I differed. Because I said, you know, evil people should not be helped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we
0: could go, we could really go
1: somewhere with all that Yes. <laughs> in yes. today's so, world. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and, you know, hearing all of this stuff. Some stuff is just Terrible. You know, you know, one time it was a menace, a big. No, I I can't even talk about that. Let's.
0: Well, let me let me jump in here. So I'm going to jump in here because the one thing you said and, you know, when we think about those listening or those watching, you know, we think about the music industry and we see the glitz, the glam, you know, and everybody want to be a part of it. But because you've been on the front line of really seeing the inner workings of how this industry is, and mm-hmm. the one thing I'm hearing that you just said, everything that glitters isn't gold, you know, you have not access, you were able to really come to a place of identifying how you were going to find yourself in this business amongst all of this. I
1: never changed. I, I'm the same guy that I was in high school playing the drums in the talent show. I never changed. You know, I have friends. I have friends who I may not talk to for years. The moment we talk to each other, it's like it was like we talked the other day because I haven't changed. I, I have remained true to myself, you know, true to true to my, you know, I was taught my word is my bond. I was taught, you know, um, you know you don't, if you, if, if in the streets, your word has to mean something. You know, I was taught when you deal with people, treat the secretary better than the, than the uh, president. And it, it, all of that has served me well throughout my entire career. And again, I haven't changed and I refuse to change. I'm a proud black man. Um, I I, di- I did what I was supposed to do. I got my education. I learned the business. I learned the business on both sides of the desk so that I can know how to maneuver and get stuff done. Because and I've told you before, I really do window dishes and floors because when I'm representing somebody, I got to do whatever it takes so that we can win.
0: So with that being said, let's talk about some of the Artists that you have been instrumental in helping them to win. And one of the things that I know you're so passionate about is showing artists or showing your clients how to be owners of their property, their intellectual property.
1: Yeah, you know, I I hear, um, you know, I learned early on nobody hires a lawyer to be a good guy. You don't hire a lawyer to to, to go mingle and socialize and and make nice with the record company. You know, you hire a lawyer to go in and and get the job done. So, you know, as a consequence, you know, the people, all of the people who I've done business with at the highest levels, because I've dealt with the presidents, the chairmen, the head of business affairs, that's almost at a certain point. That's all the people that I dealt with. I got along great, we made money great, it was great. My problem came when, when these I was dealing with people who were trying to steal from my client or trying to get into the record business and they come in and they try to manipulate. Those people hate me because I shut them down. So those are the people that say, you know, I'm a thief. I, I, uh, I charge too much, this, that, and the other. And oftentimes somebody is saying, he, you know, Because I charge 10 percent. They say that, you know, entertainment lawyers get get uh, paid five percent. I'm like, I'm not that lawyer. You know, I'm not that kind of lawyer. A five percent lawyer gets five percent of the advance and then he's gone. You know, I get 10 percent because I'm not focused on the advance. I'm focused on the structure. I'm focused on the beginning, the middle and the end. And in the end my goal is for my clients to own equity have equity ownership so that when they decide to retire they've got an asset that they can sell in the entertainment business we don't own anything black people don't own anything it's very 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 uh, um very few black um successful artists own their masters and 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 control their destiny it just doesn't happen the system is designed for that never to happen because in the very beginning when they're negotiating their contracts that's when the record companies are getting all the rights and because you're looking for the the artist is only focused on the advance the lawyer says hey i can get you x amount of dollars of course the artist says yes he doesn't bother to tell them what rights he's given up and is it because they
0: don't even understand rights themselves the artist
1: it's, it's, it's a combination that artists don't, don't uh, understand. And oftentimes the attorneys don't understand, you know, attorneys are not accountants. If you read a recording agreement, you know, the most important thing is, 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 is the royalty and the accounting provisions. And so, you know, you know, like I said, if if you don't negotiate the deal the right way, all expenses will be charged against your client and their little money. And it's because all they were focused on was the cash up front.
0: Yeah. So, Ron, I want to jump in here because I want to, if it's okay. And now I know a lot of this information, you all that are out there listening, a lot of this information he is going to be expounding on in his book, A Moment in Time. It is a absolute must read because he's going to not only just educate you in the music business, he's going to show you real life situations and experiences that he had firsthand being a part of and strategic in helping these deals become profound deals that they're teaching in classrooms today on a college level. So let's talk about, if you can, a few artists that you have helped. And you don't have to go into detail because I want to leave something. I want them to get the book. OK, so they can read the detailed stories, but just some of the authors that you have helped position in a place of ownership.
1: Well, you know, um taker Gotti murdering. Uh, if you guys recall, uh, the feds came in and uh, um, um, raided his offices and. Um, charged them, criminally charged them with uh, conspiracy to distribute drugs and all kind of crazy stuff. And um, I had started working for them maybe a year before, and I literally went in uh, to his office, and Irv Herb, Herb was so hot that in making so many hits, the lawyers would come to him and tell him he would they would do deals for him, could do a certain kind of deal, and he would just do it. Well, that lawyer was a 5% lawyer. So they they got their fee and they were gone. So I came in and I met with Chris Gotti and I read through. I said, let me read everything and then I can tell you how I can add value. I read everything and I'm like, to my surprise, but not surprised. They did the deal, but nobody did the back end stuff for the deal. No, There was no administration of the deal. I want you to know that first year I found twelve million dollars for Earth.
0: Now, Earth Gotti. What? Who were some of the artists on his label, Murder, Inc.?
1: Irv Her, Gotti, so you understand, and if you read Russell Simmons' book, he, he confirms it. Irv Gotti saved Def Jam. Irv Gotti's uh, responsible for signing Jay-Z, um, responsible for signing um, uh, DMX, Ja Rule, Ashanti, um, And Ja Rule and Ashanti w- were on his label in a sense ja rule he had a production deal with ja rule which meant he was only getting he was receiving 20 percent of the profits but he didn't own the masters so to make a long story short um i was very friendly with uh well a good friends with uh the president of universal at the time the worldwide president he he actually ran the company zach orwitz and Zach and I would talk and Zach told me that all of the lawyer, his lawyers and outside lawyers said that Irvin uh, uh, Chris were going to jail and I told him the only thing Irv is guilty of was being stupid and why because he refused to stop being friends with the alleged drug dealer that um, that the, go- the government was really after and they were putting pressure on Chris and Irv as if they knew something and they knew absolutely nothing this guy came along and Erb liked him and he wanted to make a movie. So Erb was trying to help him and herb was running so hot. He was so hot. They were flying private jets. <laughs> they were, uh, they had huge credit lines at all the casinos. So when, when the feds heard that there was cash in the office, yeah, it was cash in the office. Cause these guys would bet hundred thousand dollars a game on a football game. So long story short, the jury goes, goes, you know, the trial ends, the jury goes in. They come back in 15 minutes. You know, that's how flimsy the government's case was. But by then they had destroyed murdering. Um, so I call Zach Horowitz and tell him not guilty. He couldn't believe it. A couple of days later, I get a call from him and he says, you're not going to believe this. But the chairman of the company wants him back because they had kicked him to the curb. They 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 did a number on them. Mm-hmm. They took him to the curve and just left him out there to dry, hang or whatever. So anyway, this is where the moment in time comes in, and this is where, where where you know experience comes in. So I told Zach the only way I would recommend to my client that he come back, make a deal with you guys is that you have to give him ownership of all of his masters and five million dollars. They came back and said, yes, we will do it. So what I did in that in that call. Irv gained 100 percent control and ownership of, of the job ja Rule masters, in addition to the rest of the murdering masters. And I, I, and I think he recently was bragging to the world that he got three hundred million dollars. Well, he got whatever he got, he got for those masters. Yes, So
0: so that's one artist. And there is more when you read the book about that story. So there's another artist that you've also positioned in a place. He's no longer with us, but you positioned his company in a place also to, well, he owned 100% of everything you said, you stated. And his story also was a part of- Straight out of Compton, which you were shown in that film as well.
1: Yeah, I I um I, I became friends with Easy E before I started representing him because he, he dated uh Clarence Avon's secretary. And so um, who he ultimately married. And uh, he came to me because he couldn't understand what was happening with uh Ruthless Records and the cash flow and what have you. So I ended up uh, um, telling him, you know, I'd I'd help him represent him. And so um, I told him to pull all the documents together because, you know, you got to read the contracts are like the Bible. You know, you got to start from there. So I had him bring all his contracts and and his statements and what have you. And of course, he wanted me to meet him in Las Vegas. So uh, imagine me at two o'clock in the morning sitting near the near the craft tables. He's at the crap tables, two different crap tables with his entourage and a ton of girls having a ball and then coming back and forth to me as I'm reading this stuff. So I I end up seeing what the problem was and told him he subsequently had me fire uh, his 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 manager. Uh, I think the movie says Tamika did. But but actuality, I did. And this guy was running full steam, you know. You know, the girls, everything. I mean, you there was nothing wrong with him. He was acting like a you know, typical baller, you know. And so he and I flew uh, subsequently flew to Los to L.A. to get to New York together. And I went in and promptly renegotiated his deal and got him some money. And so he flew back and I stayed to finish the paperwork and everything. And so um, you know, I don't hear from him for a while. And then he finally calls me back and he tells me that he had been in the hospital Bell, in Bellflower and that he had bronchitis. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm I'm happy you're out. And I'm like, I'm on my way back to LA. I get back on Saturday, I'll come come see you on Monday. I go to see him and he looks terrible. And you know, I grew up in South Central LA, so I know the quality of medical care in Bellflower. You know so I'm like you need to see a real doctor my doctor was uh, on staff at Cedar Sinai Hospital in LA and I, I called up my doctor and said you know his name was William young Bill young he was like the doctor to the stars um, I called him up and we were also personal friends so I called him up and said hey, you know I need you to do me a favor can you see easy e so the next day easy went to go see him and Doctor Young admitted him to the hospital to run tests, and so you know I'm not thinking anything. I'm thinking he's went he went to the doctor. He's out of out and he's running, you know, doing his thing. And maybe ten days later, I get a call from Doctor Young, and he says, "Ron, I've ran every test you can think of, and finally, I ran an age test, and Easy has full blown age stage four, and." I mean, it was one of the hardest things I had to deal with because he said to me, he needs you need to get his affairs in order. And so I had to go over to the hospital and sit with easy. And and explain to him as his lawyer that, you know, he needed to be safe rather than sorry and made and make sure that he had his affairs in order. So I started asking questions, and you know, he didn't have he didn't have a will and trust. He didn't have some other things that I won't mention, and uh, um, he had I want to say nine kids by eight 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 women, and I'm like, I'm a lawyer, so I know that's a horror. That's that's a shit show. Uh, to so I ended up um he asked me to, you know, to help him get everything together. So I became like his quarterback. I called the will and trust lawyers in, you know, knowing that that it was gonna be issues and there was gonna be litigation, I knew not to sit in that room. Um yeah. When I spoke to Easy, he said to me he wasn't certain if he was going to uh, get married. He's trying to decide. So, as his lawyer, I said, "Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we have the estate attorneys prepare two wills and trusts—one for if you get married and one if you don't." People don't. Nobody knows this. I'm telling this for the first time, and I'm doing it because. Um, I'm trying to emphasize to to the hip hop community why it's so important for you to have a will and trust. And I'm giving you a real life example. So anyway, um, that's what we did. We had a will and trust for if he was married and and if he wasn't married, going to get married. So he decided to get married. I ended up having to drive Tamika to down to the, to downtown L.A. from Beverly Hills to get a license drive it back have him sign it um and then take it back we got back to the clerk's office five minutes after five and they were it was locked and we kept banging on the door and finally uh a person of color came and i told her it was for easy e and she opened the door and that's how we got that license and mind you all of this is happening because they're, they're having surgery with him the next morning. And mm-hmm. there was a 50-50 chance that he would make it. So, you know, I was charged with making sure that his affairs were order, in order as his lawyer. And that's what I do for clients. You know? Um, you know, I know things that I can never repeat because, you know, most hip-hop people don't understand. It. You know, your client is uh, there's confidentiality. You know, and I find with hip hop people, you tell them something, they go tell everybody anyway. So you can't keep any; they, they don't seem to understand keeping things in confidence. So anyway, um, I get back and I call I had called a, a, a minister that I had met at my house in Hancock Park because uh, I had Jimmy. I mean, Terry Lewis's daughter's christening at my house and he was the, he would he officiated it. So he had told me that he could make it, but then he called and said he was running late and he's not going to get there in time. So I ended up having to pull out the yellow pages again, walk through it, and find somebody find a preacher that could show up at the hospital. So that's how we got the preacher. I also, you know, knowing that that the uh, um, the will would be, you know, there was going to be issues you know cuz you know if you don't understand wills and trusts and you understand that many many potential beneficiaries you know there's going to be a dispute so um we had his mother and father come and witness the will and the preacher that I talked about that was running was running late he showed up to uh sign the you know be a witness to the will and trust too so contrary to what I was accused of he's you know once easy passed um all hell broke loose. And, you know, there was a bodyguard who then claimed he owned part of the company. So there was a lawsuit with that. He then went and organized all of the, uh, as I understand it, he organized all of the baby mamas and they sued to challenge the will. Uh, The papers, I'm a black lawyer in America. So of course, I was being accused of this, that and the other conspiring Mm -hmm. to do take his, you know, take take his assets and what have you. And all I was, I was in a room with Easy E and he said to me, Tamika can't handle this on her own. Would I act as a trustee? First time I ever did it. And I couldn't say no given the circumstances. So that's how I became the co-trustee of the estate. And so, and I was not a beneficiary. I did not receive one dime from EZE. But the world thought, because I'm a Black lawyer, I must be a thief. Wow. So when I went to the trial the first day, the tri- downtown, the, the, um, the hallway had to be 12 feet wide. I want you to know you couldn't walk through there because there was press from all around the world. Mm. And um, there was a reporter from the L.A. Times that befriended me. And I actually thought that I could defend myself and he would print it as such. And that was the first time that was the lesson I learned about dealing with the press. They print what they want to print based on the story that they're trying to tell. So I want you to know that that was the first time I talked to the press and it was the last time I talked to the press. That was in nineteen ninety four or five. And uh, the next time I said anything to the press was because of little Wayne and the settlement we did for young money, young money, cash money and universal. I was in the middle of doing doing an offer and compromise for him with the internal revenue. And and it was leaked that we settled and he got ten million dollars. And I'm like, great. I'm glad they think that. Let me shut this down. So I made a statement. So and that's what I did. I shut it down and you know I ended up saving Wayne 10 million dollars in taxes as a result of it and so I ended up having to uh litigate and one of the things that uh you know what happens the court took control of ruthless records they brought in another lawyer and uh they got ready they wanted to hire somebody and one of the names that w- that they mentioned was a, a, a friend of mine by the name of uh, Ernie Singleton, who had ran MCA Black Music, MCA Records. So I called him up and I said, um, I want to visit. I, I, I want to come see you. I want to talk to you about something. And so, you know, and, and, and by the way, my, his wife was also my real estate agent. OK. So, you know, I, I, I emulated um um what jewish people did you know they 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 they, they send business to each other
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: i decided to create my create my own country club so my realtor was black my my doctor was black my my uh uh insurance guy was black whoever when i found a confident black person i made sure i did business with them because i knew that's the only way we all would survive Yes. So so I ended up going to see Ernie and said, Ernie, listen. We're going to oppose you. We're going to really vehemently oppose you. And and we're going to say we don't want you to run the company. So we're going to do this because I know the bodyguard is going to want want you because he thinks that I don't want you. But here's the story. Here's what you have to do. You have to agree. To give Tamika a job and help her, let her help you run the company. He agreed. We did. We did what I said, and they appointed Ernie Singleton. <laughs> how we took back control of the company. <laughs> a little and, trickery. And, look. <laughs> and, and as luck would have it, the first deal that uh, Easy E had me do was to sign uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. And if you remember the Crossroads album. Massive. Five, five million plus. Now, mind you, Easy e really did own his company. He owned 100% of the company and he was getting paid in dollars. So you do the math. Five million times, say $10 a record. Company generated $50 million. And that's what saved Ruthless Records. wow Wow. that's in my book
0: that's in the book exactly so and there's a few more stories too you guys will have to check out in the book but as you heard he has worked with so many talented people that we know today you represented little Wayne. you mentioned that just now but what you did for young money you've been listening to ron sweeney about his journey and his story for his new book coming out a moment in time it is a must-read book about his experiences in his journey to 40 years in the music entertainment industry the ups the downs the races um situations that he found himself in but i can't do it any justice We are making this book available for pre-order for you. So you have the opportunity to be one of the first to pre-order your copy of A Moment in Time by Ron Sweeney. And you can go to 90daybookcreation.com forward slash a moment in time to pre-order your copy of this book that will be out in early spring do not miss out on this if you have people that are in the entertainment industry that are looking to get in the entertainment industry and they really want to know how the inner workings are and how to be in the real music business like i stated this is a must read book you do not want to miss out on information that can be trans formative and also help guide you through how to put the right team together to get the most impact for your intellectual property, for you owning your rights of what you've created. So we're excited to have him, and I'm quite sure he will be back again because he is a friend to Hope of Vision Connect. And like I said, make sure you pre-order your copy of his book, A Moment in Time. Stay tuned, and that information will be provided below for you. And we look forward to you subscribing to Hope of Vision Connect and make sure you click on the notification button because you don't want to miss out for upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon and always remember your story is our mission. See you on the next episode. Pre-order your copy today of A Moment In Time at 90daybookcreation.com forward slash a hyphen moment hyphen in hyphen time